0: Hello, everyone. It is Thursday. Yes, I keep on having to remind myself what day it is. It is Thursday. And thank you for joining the MSP initiative. We are still just, you know, getting started. So give us a few minutes to line everything up and we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have our speaker today was just running a few minutes late. He uh, is signing in right now. Um, so just give us a minute to get Brady uh, from BNG team online and then we'll uh, get started. Shouldn't take more than uh, another minute. All right, welcome to the party, Brady. <laughs> all, all good. Uh, time
1: zones, those tricky things, you know.
0: Yeah, no, totally understand. Well, we're going to go live and then we'll uh we'll get the party started.
1: Yeah, man, I'm going to let you you run. You know me, you can direct the conversation uh any way you want. Sure, absolutely. Well, thanks
0: everyone for hanging in with us. Um welcome in Brady Nash from BNG team for Anyone in the MSP space <laughs> that knows uh, Connect Booster, um, that would be part of uh, Brady's uh, umbrella of companies at BNG Team. So, um, you know, just trying to you know connect the dots so everybody knows, you know who's who and and how we're connecting here. So, Brady, uh, I usually get started with um, you know how have things been in North Dakota you know, since, you know, coronavirus and just trying to give people a little bit of purview into, you know, what the experience has been in your part of the world versus everybody else. And just curious to hear how that all shook out for you.
1: Yeah. uh, You know, fortunately, I think here in North Dakota, we're probably one of the best places in the whole country, right? I mean, when you only got 700,000 people, you know, uh, what's the joke we've been, you know, starting, uh, we've been practicing social distancing since you know we became a state so um you know we're one of the few states that you know have never fully shut down you know we haven't had a lot of cases you know and so we're pretty fortunate um as far as that goes um yeah you know business is good you know we've actually uh you know back uh when we started in payment processing we uh, in 2010 we acquired a point of sale company and so we were big in the hospitality space george like point of sale bar restaurant was huge and uh, that's actually how we originally got onto connectwise was we got into this business and didn't know how to run a tech company and had to figure it out and uh, we had invested into connectwise to help us run that business hence that's where our cash flow problems started happening was 2010 cuz before in payments everything was recording revenue we didn't yeah. know better and so it's it was interesting for us because everyone uh through you know from 2010 on was starting to adopt this how do you get recurring revenue model and we were kind of born into it sure which you know and uh and so we took that concept of everything should be automated and recurring to the technology point of sale space and when we saw there's a huge gap and we couldn't find anything we decided to build it and that's literally how connect booster was born you know then went to it nation went to these events and everyone had the same problem and so we're like well screw it let's just build it you know and and we laugh because we thought uh the initial check we wrote to start connect booster was like fifteen thousand dollars We're like oh yeah we'll just you know pay some developers and we'll make this whole thing work it's funny because you know when you're spending you know now well more than a million dollars a year on just r d and development it's it's pretty ironic (laughs) To think about you know thankfully i didn't know what i didn't know or we would have never started but once you get so far down you just keep moving forward and you know here we are working with probably 1800 uh 1800 technology companies adding about 50 new customers a month right now and you know it's been wild it's been interesting during COVID because you know now hospitality is maybe 10 percent of our portfolio okay. uh tech companies are like 70 plus you know Probably, um, as far as from a relationship standpoint of the services. And uh, everyone now needed to get paid electronically. You know, people weren't even in the office to send checks anymore.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. So, first of all, did you send your people home? Are they back in the office? How did you handle that? Because I know you got a bunch of people at BNG. And then, secondarily, um, obviously, to your point, a lot of people throughout that at least first two or three months um we're just trying to make sure customers you know could pay them uh how quickly were people able to actually adopt you know electronic ach or credit card you know you know versus jack
1: yeah so uh, a couple parts of that so first part um people are back but we give them the option to work home you know we've got this we got 32 33,000 square feet um you know it's, we, we've got a nice building, but we've let people, we were actually, before they were forced to close, we sent people home. Uh, we've maybe had a handful of us still in the office. I've still been coming up here to George, you know, you've met my five kids. Um, oh, yes. Me working from home is not ideal. The fact I still had a building I could go to and practice social distancing was nice. Um, it's three minutes from my house. So, um, so yeah, the, the thing is being a tech company, we were really, you know, kudos to our team set up to work remotely and didn't miss a beat uh, in most of our businesses. Uh, We have a title company. They, you know, we're doing (laughs) curb-sized closings for people's houses and buildings. So they still needed to come in to some degree. Uh, But yeah, we didn't miss a beat. Um, Now we still give people the option. There's some people, whether they feel, you know, health risks or any personal reasons at all. We just, I'm like, you don't need to explain if you're more comfortable working from home, as long as you can get your stuff done. That's the organization we are anyways, George. I mean, we have the, you know, unlimited PTO policy and there's confusion around does that mean you just take off whenever you want as much as you want no that's i was i was just about to ask that's
0: yeah not what that take means. off today hey brady i'm leaving take it easy buddy yeah
1: yeah so our our you know when we came up with that it was are we a you know time driven company and when you check in check out are we a performance driven company well, we want to be performance. I don't want to micromanage people. I want to trust people, empower people to get their job done. And so you got to hire the right people. I think that it's a concern of mine as we grow of, you know, making sure you don't have people that abuse and, and wreck that for everyone else. But salespeople is like, get, hit your numbers. If you have good KPIs, good measurables, like, and you need to leave at three o'clock. Cause your kid has a, you know, in a basketball game, like I want you to be able to do that. Now, again customer service we've got to make sure we always have x amount of people on call because we got to support our customers and so it's kind of like with great power comes great responsibility to quote that you know the spider-man movie oh yes same thing here it's like hey we're going to trust you guys to hit numbers and maybe you leave that friday on friday but maybe that means you got to jump on a call on saturday or you got to jump on it friday night or monday it's kind of like the whatever it takes But when things are down, we trust you to do what you need to, to live a life and take care of your family. And, but also if crap hits the fan, we're there for our customers. I think, as you know, we have a good name and reputation because that's what we do. It's whatever it takes. It's not like, well, it's five o'clock, George, let me get back to you Monday. It's like, wait, we're here. What do we got to do?
0: Everyone. I love love that mentality. And we've always been on the same page there. So let me ask you this, right. And, you know, kind of, ask a couple of questions same you know, yeah the same way every time so coming out of 2019 i think everyone has so far i don't think a single person we've talked to so far said well 2019 was just okay i think 2019 was pretty good for everyone including bng yeah so talk to me about how things may have you know adjusted you know with coronavirus right because i'm sure something changed what was that and what does it look like now coming out of it You know, what's your, what's your perception now?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things, one, you know, kind of highlighted, uh, we're, we've seen our sales pretty much double, meaning the people reaching out for connect booster, then the people that were on the fence and dragging their feet all of a sudden said, holy smokes, like I'm not getting paid. Why did it not automate my cash flow? Now I can't even get my check. Then I have to run to the bank. People don't want to be out. So all of our customers that had this automatically pulled kept getting their cash flow. People that didn't didn't. And so we've seen a huge increase in flux of, of people signing up. I also think our you know our inability to go to conferences and shows made our uh, social media posting, LinkedIn, Facebook, email marketing uh, more palatable or more, you know, people are, are in front of their screen more, less less meeting. So the more receptive to it. So I think that's helped. Um, and you know, just engagement virtually has really helped. So, I mean, we literally, we're doing twice the number of new onboarding sales this year as we were last year without all the conference uh, expenses. So that's good. Um, the other thing was we were set up to work remotely, but I had concerns. I have more confidence now, like before I have to build a new building that there's a, there's a large group of people that we might say, Hey, you just want to keep working at home. And maybe we, I'm kicking around ideas, George, of, you know, do we just have once a week or once or twice a month, we bring them in and do a team lunch, we cater in food, you know, <laughs> spend three hours to catch up with people, and but they don't have an office, you know? Like we're kicking around that idea. We're asking people, what do you think? Would that work? And so um, I think there's pros and cons. Um, I've, I realize now that that's actually a possibility. If we outgrew our building, I have a little bit more flex where i could send some people home before we built on an addition you know i don't have to like i was gonna, ramp I was, up. I was gonna yeah, say just,
0: the building's not that old brady <laughs> i mean you just I know have
1: been in it now a year and a half and you know with our acquisitions uh this year that two of them were not planned we added 50 people so uh, i have about 30 of them locally the other 20 are uh, not here in Fargo. But Okay, so
0: business-wise, you're saying Q1 and Q2 was explosive. Coronavirus just accelerated your whole situation. So now, from now until the end of the year, do you expect that to continue to be the case, or do you see things leveling out?
1: Yeah. So our hospitality business, even though it's ten from a, a residual standpoint, is getting crushed. Right. I mean, we're losing. We've lost well over, you know, six figures in recurring revenue for a period that I'm, we're starting to see, you know, come back. Um, the new sales, uh, is doubling, but in our business, it's a long-term play. I mean, we don't charge a lot for connect booster. There's costs involved and it's really a long-term place of, Hey, we don't lose many customers. You start adding a couple hundred bucks a month and you're adding 50 customers a month. It's, it's, it's a big deal. But, um, I do see continued growth. The, the, some of the tech, uh, acquisition plays that we made, you know, true IT being a big into the business central CRM, uh, GP consulting space, I see us being able to 3-4x, and that's actually a partnership program with other MSPs. And so a lot of these MSPs don't offer these services. It's a completely different skill set and, and vertical, but yeah. we're allowing so, them
0: so, so CRM, ERP, like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that's di- yeah, yeah dynamics. Before,
1: yep. Yeah. Yep, dynamics. And so um these msps can now go and offer these services where we handle it but they get the recurring revenue so we're giving them all of the microsoft licensing revenue and so we had this uh, this idea around connect booster because we work with all these partners we have typically have built some really good relationships more than just a vendor right it's not just like here's my credit card here's my utility bill we really actually try to have a partnership you know, how can we help you, whether it's not just getting paid, but other relationships or connections, whether I'm referring to to you, George, or one of our other vendors in the channel. That's what I love so much about the IT channel is it's so collaborative. Like how many industries do you have competitors? Like, here are my financials. This is what you should do. This is the marketing that worked for me. Like it's, it's really cool. And I hopefully people understand how unique and rare that is. And amazing it is that you have people you know, like back when in the day when it was HTG, you know, it's now, what is it? ConnectWise. IT
0: Nation Evolve, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, Evolve, like, that's amazing. Like, so many other industries do not operate that way. They're super private. They don't help yeah. their competitors at all, and this one is. And so we've really embraced, um, in all of b and our core mission is, how do you help the entrepreneurs? How do you help the dreamers live that dream better?
0: So let's just zoom out real quick because you know we kind of jumped in a lot of different areas. So BNG is multiple divisions, if you would. Could you just very quickly lay out all of the components here so that people understand what's going on?
1: Yeah. So again the big vision, and then I'll dive into each one, is how do you help that business owner, the entrepreneur live that dream better? What I've realized is and in Georgia launched my launched my I'll give myself a plug here, the accidental entrepreneur vlog. The point of that was I was an accidental entrepreneur. Um, meaning I went to college not knowing what I wanted to do. I wasn't interested in business or sales and I fell into it and accidentally found my passion, my energy that this is what I was meant to do. But I realized, especially in the IT channel, many of them are accidental entrepreneurs and that's not meant to be a negative. But what I meant is they were the kid that liked technology, got good at computers, and all of a sudden people gave them money to do it. They're like, this is kind of cool. Like, I just like messing around, building computers and tinkering. Now I'm making money. And then it turns into now I should get a business name. I should have a business card and I guess a website now. And I need to get paid to kind of get one of those credit card swipey thingies. And geez, I, I need some help. I, I need payroll. I need accounting and QuickBooks. And there's all this stuff yeah. that these entrepreneurs get into. They have one passion, one skill set they really liked. And all, there's all this other crap they have to deal with. And so at b g is, how can we help that entrepreneur streamline and automate all these other things that are necessary evils to get them back into their passion, their focus, which is how do they, their core competency of helping their customers and then scaling and growing um, because they're happier, they make more money um, and uh, get them back focused on why they originally got into the business. And people, like I said, are happier and they make more money. And so that's what we're trying to do, whether it's payment processing you know, accounting, automation of getting paid, you know, once you do the work, you shouldn't have to be spending twice the amount of time trying to get paid. That's the point of Connect Booster. It's ridiculous. If you build out for an hour or two and you spend another two, three hours trying to collect that same bill, you just cut your hourly rate in half. Like, that's I think, I think,
0: I, think I think that's, you know, Brady, there's no question that the you know, a lot of the guys out there who started in IT or computer repair or consulting, right? They started by themselves. They built it out of the back of the, you know, the trunk, their basement, their garage, whatever. Uh, I mean, listen, not everybody's that way, but a lot of people are, right? You know, that kind of built their way up. You know, and at the end of the day, I think the part of the problem is that, you know, tech, tech guys aren't necessarily the best business owners. Right.
1: Uh, they well, doctors have to learn- too. It's funny, man. They joke, you know, that's the stereotype, but it's true. Like doctors, brilliant people good at saving lives. I'm really thankful for freaking doctors. I'm glad they go to school. I'm not anti-college. But when it comes to business and finance and payments, I mean, they'll, they're the first to typically admit they're, they're stupid. Like I just had a buddy of mine. He's a Dr. Brilliant guy. He's like, Brady, I don't know any of this. I hate this stuff. Can they, like, you just take care of it. And so that's the thing is we all have different competencies. And I think we all can be bright and brilliant in areas and look really stupid and uh, arrogant. Um, or ignorant in other areas um, of our lives. And so how can you, how could we help bridge that gap with professionals that can help those accidental entrepreneurs like myself, like you, George, um, of fixing all these other things that are necessary, but it's not what we want to be doing, but we have to do it. And, and that's where we've evolved even to, you know, coaching, you know, we've, we, uh, we just partnered with a guy that, uh, is being on EOS traction. I think, uh, Yep. Uh, that was pushed at one of the IT nations a couple of years ago, if I remember. Yep. Right.
0: We, had, we had Jameson on a few you know, a few sessions ago. He talked about, you know, he started talking about that. You may have to bring him back on to kind of zoom out on what, what the end result of all of that looks like. Yeah. But yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, we've, you know, we've made the, the Inc. 5000 list five years going on six or years in a row. And I'm not saying that to break. I'm just saying we've like, I've experienced consistent organic growth. We've never gotten venture capital. Um, like, I understand the problems, right? Going from three college dropouts into using credit cards to finance the business. Our parents didn't have money, trying to figure out loans. Luckily, as you know, George, you know, I tout, uh, North Dakota is the only state that has its own state-owned bank. And our governor was that one that uh, created Great Plains that sold it to Microsoft, which back in the day was its, their largest acquisition for like a billion dollars. I mean, he is a tech-focused governor. And so they've launched some programs to try to diversify the state of North Dakota into, instead of egg and energy into tech. And so literally I'm meeting with the bank of North Dakota, helping them um, formulate of how to borrow to tech-based companies and value them where we don't traditionally have the the assets as as a building or land where a bank can borrow to us. We have these assets, but on a balance sheet, it shows nothing. Let's actually zoom out on this for the people that are watching, because I know we only have
0: so much time. So a lot of people obviously when it comes to you know tech companies from a traditional banking standpoint, like IT consulting, right? Not sa- software per se, but traditional IT consulting, managed services, computer repair, the banking industry doesn't view them uh, the same way we'd like them to view uh, them, right? And so when they go to the bank, short of PPP or IDLE, right, with these programs that came out for coronavirus, if you were to go to the bank and try and get traditional bank lending, you kind of struggle, right? I mean, they're not very open to just hand. Even though the interest rates are real low and business was doing real well before coronavirus, I feel like that was not very helpful to the average MSP. So, if For you were giving anyone advice uh, who's in that position who wants to grow, whether they want to add more people and they need you know money to bridge them to that point, or they're looking to maybe even go out and acquire you know, where, where should they go to look for money without, you know, giving out chunks away of ownership in their business?
1: You know, there's, there's a lot of different companies we're looking at. And, and it's tough for me to say because Connect Booster is a SaaS company, right? Payment processing is a different division and there's different people. If you're talking about the MSP space, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on the, all of the options from an MSP perspective. And I think that's probably majority of the audience here. Um, you know, for us, it was finding the right bankers. I had to flip the tables and made banks compete for us. But I eventually, what I was able to do, George was I was able to go. And what pissed me off was we were getting people trying to buy B and G this is years ago, uh, for about 50 million bucks had three different companies coming at us hard. We had a hundred thousand dollar line of credit and the <laughs> bank said they couldn't do any more. And so, if you wanted to buy a building, so you can see the building behind the example I had to give them was, was, I'm like, let's say that's a $10 million building. You guys would borrow me $8 million to buy that building, right? Like, yeah. So I'm like, if I went to buy that building and said, hey, um, I, uh, I have $8 million. I just need $2 million. What would you say? Oh my gosh, are you kidding me as much as you can? I'm like, the problem is, is I'm like, we've got a $50 million business and you're saying I'm capped out on hundred grand. <laughs> like, I'm not saying you got to give me a premier value, but geez, you could give me 20, 30 cents on the dollar and I could borrow 10 million bucks. And so the examples we had to work with the banks and, and I hate to say, you know, obviously I'm a sales guy. Um, I'm pretty good at doing what I do and not everyone's may me, may, may, you know, may maybe has that same skill set. but I was able to get them to understand and believe in us. And, you know, hence even George, you've been on here this building, right? This was a crazy dream project. Uh, you know, how do you convince a bank to get you money to build a basketball court, a gym and slides? You know, it wasn't easy, but I was able to get people to show that consistently, this is what we're doing and buying to the vision. And then we've continued to execute it. In fact, um, exceed what I projected to the bank. A couple of things you know, you need to understand about banking.
0: Yes, please. The biggest
1: mistake that people make is you set yourself up for failure with the bank. There's check boxes that they go through. When you oversell, which they're used to seeing, and you show your projections, of the things go really well or what you hope you set yourself up for failure because all they do, and they might give you a little bit of a loan or a line of credit is when you don't hit that number is you don't know your business and you consistently underperform. So we can't trust you. So what I got in the habit of doing was I have my number. I think we should be at, which we're never going to hit. Cause I'm a big goal guy, right? Like I'm just like this. I want to have something to push us is the need to taper back into what are we actually doing? Where are we trending? And without us, hitting all these money balls that I do have in the works, but I can never know when they're going to hit or how they're going to hit. I don't count those. I just show them, this is what we're trending. This is what we need. And so when I go to the bank and we do that, and then I have my goal number, we end up falling somewhere in between. We don't hit my optimistic, my hope and my push, but we way exceed the conservative number we gave the bank. They're like, Holy crap. These guys are, you know, over delivering every single time and it's rare. And they kept helping us extend the crazy thing. George is right now because of COVID we're exceeding my goal number. Like that's the first time that's ever happened. Again, it took, you know, for us, we're in a unique position with a global pandemic. um, You know, that's pushing people that need our service, right. Uh, Us and zoom and virtual places. But, But what we saw is majority of tech companies are doing really well. Not all of them. But the ones that we're seeing tech up, why? Well, you're supporting the infrastructure of people working remotely. Now, if it continued on, I think eventually it comes and hits everyone, right? But there's a period where we've seen a huge spike in business for these tech companies. Um, as well again, dumb luck that we were in the right channel, I suppose. No, fair enough. So zooming out again, you know,
0: do you gen like, you know, market wise, do you feel like the economy at the end of 2020 for like between the next six months, right? Do you feel things are, are on that V or are, are you concerned about some of these smaller businesses never coming back or where do you feel it ultimately ends up? I
1: feel like we're on the trend. I don't know if there's going to be a big relapse. You, you hear those rumors. Here's the thing that I want to, any, anyone that's watching this, you can't worry about the things you can't control. If the entire country shut down and we became a socialist country, we got into war. You can't control that. I can't control that. So I always go at, you can't operate in fear. I look at what can I do to put myself in the best situation, regardless of what happens. I'm like, what can I impact? And that's why we stay motivated. I'm like, I'm going to keep pushing to trying to help customers. I'm going to try to uh, keep providing as much value as I can and when we come out of this, whether it's two months, six months, one year, or two years, George, I don't freaking control that. All I can do is try to continue to give value, put myself in the best position to be successful, man. Like, I, if the whole thing, the, the global pandemic, and they continue to have everything shut down, we're all screwed anyways, you know? So it's like, why, why worry about that? So I just believe that it, I don't need to know when it's gonna come back or how, I just know that it's going to. And if it doesn't, well, we've got bigger problems. And so focus on what you can control uh, focus on communication with the team, making sure my team mentally was in a good spot. And as you know, some people are good. Some people weren't. And how can we support them differently and how so, could we so, help so, so our customers so, better? So, so for the people are. that weren't good, right? Your, your team members, your employees that just were struggling, what, what, how did you help those people? So a couple of things was I believe in mindset, right? And so they're hearing so many negative things. And one of the things I was telling them is the impact that we have for our customers. So when we get testimonials and people emailing us talking about how we've saved their business or what we meant to their cash flow, hey, you did that, not me, you guys have that impact. So when they're at home, not socializing, seeing all the, you know, the world's falling down on them, trying to give some positive feedback. We also did things like we bought, you know, gift cards for them and then their family um, while they were at home. So all these local businesses Uh, restaurants and places that were shut down, we went and uh, instead of doing our company lunch, we couldn't do it. We bought food for them. And then also, hey, where do you want to buy a gift card to support? So making them feel like a part of, they got to give places that matter to them while getting them some money, while supporting the local community, Um, just little things to try to give them wins, whether we were doing Zoom calls, talking about the impact, um, just trying to encourage them. You know, uh, again, some people wanted to get back into the office right away. They miss people. They need that social aspect. Some people needed to stay home. And we really made sure that we made them feel comfortable making that decision for them that they weren't going to be judged or looked down upon no matter what they did. Um, in fact, one of my next posts coming out, it was, uh, you'll like this, George, was the reality of freedom of speech, you know, and how you do have the freedom to say what you want, but it doesn't mean there's not an impact positive and negative, depending on what you're saying. And I'm not saying what you need to say or believe. I'm just saying, understand your words do mean something and there is an impact and make sure you understand and you're ready to weather whatever that storm is good or bad.
0: Oh, that's, that's all. I mean, listen, that's, that's, you know, the vibe definitely changes things. Right. So, you know, let me ask you this question. Um <laughs> being timely also helps, right? I tell, I say it all the time to my people, time matters, time counts, right? So I think one of your divisions started selling branded face masks. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah. So we, uh, uh a buddy of mine that's been doing, uh, signs and vehicle wraps and promotional items for 20 plus years. We brought them into the design division and, uh, yeah, like right, We sold a lot of masks. And so <laughs> we, uh, we found a connection and we put their logo on it. We actually, uh, We also launched the ND smart campaign Our governor came out was talking about being North Dakota smart and whatever. And so we made a whole brand around hashtag, you know, ND smart, you know, um, I don't have the hat on me. I brought it home. Um, I believe, yeah. But anyways, we ran a campaign and all the, all the proceeds of that we're donating to local businesses in need, you know, and so that wasn't about us making money, but how can we support our local community and then some of the masks that they wanted to put their logo on it. Obviously, you know, we made money on that, but um, yeah, that, you know, again, what are the needs? What are the problems? People couldn't get masks. We found the suppliers and we're buying enough to be able to get priority. And so we were able to donate those and sell some of those uh, to corporations. So, what grow. would you what would you tell
0: somebody that has a business idea right now? The climate's a little bit shaky. Would you tell them, "Hey, you know, not, no, nothing's better than you know the, the, the would, today. Say,
1: just get would, on with it, or should I, they hold?" I, I subscribe to the you know grow or die. There's winners and losers, and I believe a lot of it's mindset. No, listen, I want to be empathetic. There are people that did all the right things put this off the right position. And when a pandemic comes and your business is forced to shut down. Like I get it, man, like I get it. But you if you can't control that, you gotta change your mind into what can you do? You have to, you have to. I'm not saying there's not challenges, but you have to focus on what can you do? We had uh, places that started doing catering family meals. They'd never done family style. They stepped up and they did enough to survive, right? There's always an option. And I look at, yes, there's going to be some businesses closed that will stay closed. There's also going to be a lot of really nice buildings set up for a restaurant. Cause they were a restaurant that new people are going to come into and take over. And so, you know, I look at from an opportunistic, you know, side, there's going to be new businesses, new names, new logos. They're going to buy signs. They're going to need payment processing. They're going to need point of sale. They're going to need tech. They're going to need websites. They're going to need marketing. Maybe that's a couple more months from now, but it's, the world's not going anywhere. And if it does, well, I guess we're all gone. So what does it matter? Um, the thing is, we're going to move forward, man. Put yourself in the best position. Technology, the reason we went after technology, technology is not going anywhere. It's evolving. It's changing. That's opportunity. Some people will look at stuff and be fearful of, geez, I can't stay on top of it. Or I can't keep it. Well, you can be the one delivering that technology. So there's your opportunity. And I believe a lot's mindset. You know, uh, Your perspective, everyone has challenges, George. You and I couldn't do what we do if we played the victim card every single time something happened. I look at my entire day, is all I do is challenges and problems all day. At my home, I've got five little kids. I go home and I'm mediating them fighting with each other. I love my kids. I look at, I expect it because they're children. I expect to be in business to face challenges. So why would I get upset about it? I look at my entire career is gonna be around how good I am at solving problems internally and externally for my customers. So I embrace it. So I I typically do not get upset um, at the challenges. I just expect what's the fire today? You know, how big is it? You know, and when things don't go wrong, I'm kind of like, what's happening that I'm not seeing, you know?
0: No, fair enough. So it
1: it, it helps you with a mental mindset. If you expect challenges and you look forward to overcoming them, I think it helps you mentally.
0: I think some people love that, right? I mean some people are wired for I, I if I'm you know, I don't want to be bored, give me something to do, right? Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. that they're asking. I embrace right you, today, man. But,
1: if I don't see the fire, I'm gonna start the fires by trying to do something new and my team yeah. goes crazy. No, for
0: sure. So, you know, how how do you keep concentrated during all of this, right? I mean, I know you probably don't sleep a lot. I know my team no. thinks I never sleep. But yeah, uh yeah. I like you got, there's just so many things, moving parts, right? you got a lot of people now, you got a lot of people working in a lot of places. You got a lot of different divisions doing different things like
1: staying on points. Got to be tough. what's your secret, man? Dude, I'll be honest. A lot of it has to do with EOS interaction. And what I mean by that is it's allowed me to have really good leaders and we have really good communication across multiple divisions because we've got, so going back to the divisions, right? We've, we started off in payments. We added a point of sale technology division, right? Then that developed the need for Connect Booster. And around the same time, we started a design division. Well, it was really because we needed it internally. We're doing website creation, development, marketing videos, and we had customers coming to us that had bad experiences and wanted us to do it. So we have a design division. Since then, I've acquired some other companies to add really good talent to the digital side that we didn't have. um, So we could have better skills to help our, our customers grow because who would you like, here's a pitch on design. How many of these other website design or marketing companies have actually built a business um, outside of selling web services and marketing. And so when you have a company like, Hey, we had to work with no budget with no capital and use credit cards to finance. So we got really good at getting ROI. Um, how would you like to work with a company that actually has done it is doing it and can take the same stuff that we're doing and apply it to you. It's a pretty strong pitch because it's true. And so um you know, I have leaders in each division. We work on cascading messages. We do the core, you know, the 10 year, the three year, the one year down to quarterly rocks. And then I do the quick reviews. I've got my one, uh, one hour level 10 meeting, So I see what's going on. There's accountability of who's doing what to make sure we move our rocks or goals, right? That they're getting done. It allows me to identify if there's a fire, I can quickly jump in, address it. I remove any barriers, give them if they need any additional resources, I'll get them whether it's capital or an employee or a relationship or they just need perspective, I overcome it and then I step back. And so a lot of our ability to grow is I've got a handful of people, I spend a lot of money, instead of paying myself an extra half a million, a million bucks a year, and this is back when, you know, instead of making 50 grand a month when I was 20, I paid myself 5,000 bucks a month. And I did that to reinvest into the business. So now fast forward 15 years later, we've got this snowball uh, really BNG is like this incubator of really good people and talent that I have that get to work on the business. So I've got five, six, seven people that get to help take my ideas and then execute, whether it's acquisition, integration, or growth. If there's a fire, I've got people that can go and jump and they have marketing chops, technology chops, whether it's software dev um, or operational chops or selling your customer service so you know rob's right next to me so it's like he literally is like a firefighter i create i'm like hey i need you to do some customer service you're going to train someone and so i've got people that help with the traditional growing pains that businesses have because what happens is you try to grow but you have no bandwidth because you're running so efficiently and all your resources are tapped so you're really profitable the problem is when you try to add new stuff on you have no bandwidth so people get stretched and people break and so what I have is I've got resources that sometimes are doing stuff that don't have to be done. So when things happen, I have the bandwidth to address those problems. Hmm. So let me I'm add- willing going to make less money now, but that's why we've been able to consistently grow um, is because we deferred that gratification of payment. And what I've seen happen, why companies stifle growth is they take everything they can out for themselves, meaning their whole business is their family income and they have a good year. And they raise their quality of living to buy a nicer home, send their kids to a better school, buy a nicer car. And they can't afford to take the step back to invest and grow in their business to hire that person so they get trapped. Like when I've seen now working with businesses for 15 years and you would say, Brady, what do you notice in the businesses that are growing or the businesses that stop? And Mm -hmm. that's what happens. It's the people that I can do it because we have really smart people that, yeah, you could do accounting. You could build your website. You can go and find a payment processing solution. You can call and collect on your customers. You're fully capable of it. That's not the point. That's not the point at all. Just because you can doesn't mean you should, and they never want to pay for anyone else to take these things off for them to grow, and eventually they get capped. They're running at 120%, and their income is there, and they can't afford to take a step back. I mean, it's effing ridiculous. When we look at Connect Booster, right? Our average customer saw a month and a half improvement in cash flow. If someone says, "Geez, 150 dollars? Are you freaking kidding me? Your home internet TV bill could be 150 bucks, and you can't automate your cash flow? You did something damn wrong. Like, what the hell is the matter with you? If you're a small guy and you can't spend 100, dollars on your cash flow, you should probably get out of business or change your mindset because it's not going to go well. It's just not.
0: So we I, I mean what's it's oh, very wow. interest it's very interesting, Brady, because this is definitely the log jam that we see a lot in the industry that we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Technology services. and you know, I think two major things I just took away from the last kind of segment here is that one, it sounds like the way you're able to continue progressing and building is because you've found a way to acquire smart, intelligent people to rely on. That's number one. And I think that's a challenge that everybody seems to have. I want to ask a question on that. And then number two, how do you convince people to change their mindset, right? A lot of people just, like you said, either they get stuck and they get stubborn. So I'd like to get your opinion on both of those
1: items. Is, so depending on the size and, you know, again, I know we don't have all day. So perspective, when you're a small person, Um, and you're doing everything, and I get there's a time and place you have to hustle. You can't just go buy a building because it's cool. We didn't build this building year one, year two. this 15 years when we finally did it, right? So there's a time and place, and I understand you can't buy every tool, but you need to start finding smart ways to get your core competency, competency back on what is your time worth. For example, in small tech companies, if you're billing 150 bucks an hour, just as an example, should you be doing accounting work? Could you do it? Yes. But if you can pay somebody $15 an hour, $20 an hour to do it, and you can go, instead of doing that work, you pick up four or five hours. What if you can build one or two hours? You're coming out way ahead. It's the same example I give people. I can mow my lawn. I'm fully capable. Some people like mowing it. And I would say, if you like mowing your lawn, some people do, do it. Awesome. But if you don't, my mind goes to, Geez, why would I go spend two hours, three hours? I should be spending it with my kids because I don't get to, you know, to spend enough time with them. And if I'm gonna work, why would I not work on B and G or Connect Booster, a business where I'm getting paid in spades? Like there's a psychology aspect. I looked at a huge thing for us is impact in people. As much as I want to go and donate time, um, as much as I want to go on a missions trip and do that stuff, because I want to personally experience it and feel it. My business brain goes, Brady. I could go out there and grab a hammer and nails and start boarding up some houses for people. And that'd be awesome. I'm going to do that stuff. It'd be a great experience, but that's selfishly for me. If I'm trying to solve the problem and have an impact, there's people that can uh, go out there that have carpentry skills and business skills that I could pay. Why don't I go somewhere I can make a thousand dollars an hour and go pay 20 people that are better at this than I am to go build houses. So my mind goes to, am I trying to have a personal impact, which is fine. Or am I trying to actually solve the problem? Fair. And so I always go to the highest value of what can I do? How can I pay other people? How can I scale? What's recurring revenue and what's scalability? And even if I get offered a lot of money to do consulting, and I have, I've consulted with Fortune 500 companies. What stops me is like, then what, Brady? What if you are making half a million dollars a year in consulting? If it's not scalable, I get trapped at some point. And so my mind always goes back to, if I do that, how can I take that project revenue and, and invest it into a place that's going to help me build scalable, passive, recurring revenue for consistent growth? Otherwise, at some point, I'm going to hit a maximum threshold, and then I'm and I'm stuck. Hmm.
0: It happens all the time. So let's let's pivot real quick to how do you find the people that you can rely on to build? Right. I mean, not everybody has you know, like number one, unless you're really good at just walking down the street and like, you know, understanding what's in somebody's mind, uh, mind reader edition, uh, like, you know, how do you, you know, what's your secret sauce to finding the right people?
1: So the the story of how we did it was, you know, I made friends. I, we started as, you know, three college dropouts and I, the people we hired my, I mean, my CFO was a guy I played basketball with at the gym. He worked at Perkins. He was going to college and he was getting his accounting degree. We started him off at like a, $30,000 $30,000 a year accountant, when Ryan Goodman finally was pulling all his hair out doing our books, um, you know, we needed someone, right? And so I found people I trusted. Since then, as we built and grow, because we didn't have a lot of money, right? We needed, like, we couldn't afford salaries. We were all independent contractors, found people that could afford to be on commission only because I couldn't afford to pay them. Um, and eventually we waited, instead of paying ourselves more money and buying fancier cars and houses, We finally hired that sales rep. We went and bit the bullet, you know, Scott Heinley, And he took a pay cut because he believed in our vision. And so, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people on here have watched Simon Sinek, right? Yes. The thing that we've done a very good job at over years and why we have people applying all over the state. I mean, George, I've got presidents of banks and vice presidents applying because they make good money. They're so burnt out at where they're at um, that they're willing to take even a substantial pay cut I mean, they reach out and say, this is where I'm at. I can do this. I want to be a part of your mission and what you guys are doing. And because people want to feel valued. People want to have an impact nowadays. It's yes, they need to make money because they got to, you know, take care of their family and friends and money does matter. But people also want to feel like they're making an impact. And when they see how we treat, treat our customers, I mean, just ask a, a Connect Booster customer if you think we care. We do. It's I don't out, We don't outsource support because I want to control the quality of it. Um, if there's a reason my cell phone's on my damn business card. Uh probably I feel like 30, 40 percent of our customers are damn Facebook friends of mine and comment on my kids' birthday parties. Like that's who we are. We try to be authentically honest and really care, but not just say it. We try to back it up with action. And so we've got a lot of people that just want to be a part of what we're doing in the community, how we're trying to help businesses, how we're trying to inspire people. And for me, as much as I want to make more money and I want to build and grow and I don't ever want to create an image. Like I'm trying to be like, I don't care. I do. But I want to prove for me why we build our business is more important or how we build our business is more important than how big we build it. And I want to prove that you can make a lot of money. You can deliver a lot of value to your customers far more than what you charge. You can pay your people. Well, you can have fun and you can still be profitable. You don't have to be a martyr. Like that's my, personal challenge. If I didn't believe that, George, I'd sell the whole thing and check out right now because Mm. I could pay myself off interest, and this isn't to brag, more than I pay myself today having no risk. The reason what drives me, and this is what drives the team, is the mission of how we build this business. And that's what people buy into and they're motivated for. It's when the coronavirus and things hit, it's what makes people rally. You think people are going to rally? It's like, let's go, and next year you get a dollar an hour pay raise, like, it just, it doesn't work. And so when you can have stories of impacting businesses, keeping businesses afloat, and you understand it's not just that entrepreneur, it's all the jobs and families they support. And when we're creating a mission of helping kids, like we just launched, you'll see announcement, we partnership with a company called Unseen. So every single day now, that an employee works at B&G, we're gonna donate a dollar a day of their employment at b to stop human trafficking. We thought, hey, Where is something everyone can get behind that's not political? I think most of us would agree that a small child being raped is a really bad thing, right? And so we want our customers, we want employees to know that you even being around or supporting us every single day, we're fighting in those efforts to help stop that.
0: No, that's very intriguing. So the the main takeaway I take out of that is like everybody has to believe in the the picture, the story, the vision, right? And if they don't, then it's just another job and that's probably a person that's not going to be super motivated, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so we try to find the right people, people that care, you know, happy and grateful is a value. And it's not that the world's sunshine and rainbows. My whole thing is I don't want to work with assholes. Like I don't want someone that's a jerk. I don't care how smart you are, how talented you are. If you're an ass, like just go, just go be an ass somewhere else and make your money. I don't care. Like I want people that, you know, I, that the example I give was if our, our you, George, you and I are working together and John won the lottery. We should be happy for John. For sure. Or are you going to be like, why the hell did John win the lottery? I buy a tickets. John doesn't need it. There's a, there's a, there's a peek into someone's soul and mindset and that negative, toxic complaining, victim mentality is so toxic that I'm like, it will destroy you from the inside out. And what I've learned is just picking out numbers. You'll get the point of the example is about 20% of people are influencers. And what I mean by that is maybe 10% are positive, meaning they walk into a room and they can build positive energy and people will follow. Other 10% are negative. They come in, they'll suck the life out. They're negative. They bring it down. They create anger and animosity. Actually we see these people on social media. You got people that bring things up. You got people that start fires and create havoc and get people yelling at each other, screaming at each other. I honestly feel 80% of people are followers, meaning they will adapt to the environment they're in. And so in a business world, are you one of doom and gloom and frustration and yelling, people will adapt and adjust. Or are you one of being positive, optimistic, pick each other up, we're in this together, and people will adapt. And so I really try to make sure We don't get that negative 10% because it'll bring other people that are good people into that mix. And when I find a really good positive influencer that has the skills, right, you can't just be a good person. Like It's like, hey, you're a great person. I look at what value can you bring our customers? What value can you bring our business? And I'll help find a spot because I want those people because as we build and grow, my number one fear is culture and how you keep it. And I can start it but it's got to follow all the way through. And I tell our team is like, you want a good culture, be the culture that you want. You can't just be me. If you need something, let me know, but it's going to come down to you guys and you guys are creating the environment. No, that's good advice. I mean,
0: now Brady, if I'm in the backyard burning Dallas Cowboys shirts, that's not bad, right? Dude,
1: that's funny. That's like comedic (laughs) relief is good. You know, especially with a, a, a good friend of ours, there's, there's lines, right? So no fair enough um few
0: minutes left uh we'd love to would love to understand when's the next time you see yourself taking
1: a vacation buddy you know this just happened last night george so uh my wife was telling me there's a, a good buddy of mine that uh is our business partner on the insurance and title side and uh they've got four kids all around our age they my wife went to high school with them and uh so we're looking at taking a bunch of a family vacation that was, you know, canceled. We were going to go to Disney, but we actually might be going to Disney in August because it looks like they're opening back up. That's so fantastic, man. Playing, uh, plane flights were like a hundred bucks. Um, I, so for for me to bring my are family- you, and my
0: Are you are concerned easy. about getting on a plane? I'm,
1: uh, some people are still pretty, eh. Not, ah. not. No, listen, I understand. This is a whole nother conversation. My whole thing is based upon everything I'm, I'm seeing, I'm hearing that all of us are going to have to get COVID, right? That's what they're saying at one point or the other. I'm like, I'm going to wash my hands. I guess I've always washed my hands. I try not to cough on people. I did that before COVID. If other people weren't doing that, I guess I'm glad maybe they're doing it now. <laughs> um I guess if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. I'm not going to go lick handlebars and hopefully be around people that are coughing on me. And you know, my wife's a germ freak and has been before, but I don't know, at some point you got to move on as is man. And, and for me, trusting God, like I've just, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. I try to move on and control what I can control. And I'm just not worried about this because I don't think it'll be, uh, I think the same fear is there a year from now, two years from now, they're saying it's not all going to be gone. So if we sure. have to get it, I, I can't shell up for the next one year or two years when there's even no guarantee that it's going to be gone because they're saying it's not. So, so, so do you, do you, do you, does your team take the same opinion? Do you send your guys back out on the road when events kick back up? or You know, um, it's, we're going to be very cautious of respecting people's beliefs. And I, and I feel that way. I'm a strong, I grew up in a very conservative Christian family. and Some of my best friends and family members, I have atheists that I hang out with. And so I'm, I'm the guy that's never had a drop of alcohol that met his wife at the bar. So okay. what I mean by that is I'm a little bit different in that I have my strong beliefs, but I don't like to judge people. And I, I typically empathize and understand where they're coming from. And so if people are fearful, like, yes, yeah, stay home. If you have someone at risk, like I get it. Like I'm not mad at them for wanting to stay home. That's awesome. But I also don't want to judge people if they're going out and trying to continue on with their lives, uh, Especially when there's no one that can give a confident answer that it's going to, hey, if we all just were good for a month, we'd be good. That's not the case. And everyone said that. So at some point, we have to continue on with life. There's always risks. And being someone that my entire life has been around risk, and most people think I'm crazy. I don't know, man. If I'm supposed to die, God's going to take me. And uh, hopefully my death cause a positive impact. But I, I don't know. I can't, op- I can't operate in fear. I just can't. No, fair enough. NFL season happening. Yes or no? I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts? I think
0: think it's going to happen. I think, um, I don't think there's going to be anybody in the stands or in the stadium,
1: but I think the team will be there. So at least we'll be able to watch on TV. I hope they give me my money back. We spent like, you know, we've got, I've got now seven season tickets to the Viking stadium. Yeah. Uh, so I know you said your your team said they'd refund you. I haven't gotten any notice. Oh, yeah, no, I, I would call. I, I I Listen, I got a call
0: and an email saying if we can't get into the building because they're not allowing people that they'll refund your tickets. And that's an NFL team. Like, Brady, I've never seen this. Any professional team offer that. So obviously, you know.
1: It was I'll a Philadelphia. Out. I mean, aren't they, like, I, terrible
0: people? No, no, stop. Just kidding.
1: They had to go there. Um, oh, thanks okay. so much, George. And you know, for the, anyone that's watching, I just want to encourage you control what you can control. Um, it's not just being positive. Just don't be negative. Focus on what you can do. Um, everything else is going to be what it is, you know, um, help your customers, love your family and, you know, enjoy life and uh, you know, take the curveballs that come with it. No,
0: fair enough. I appreciate you for jumping on Brady. Sorry for the time zone shift for everyone who joined. Thanks for watching today. This will be online uh as you know like every video and every session that we record again tuesdays and thursdays one o'clock eastern time uh we hope to see you on tuesday brady talk soon buddy yep we'll see you take care Have a good one. Bye.